0: I'm Eric Martin. Welcome to Feeding Your Passion, the podcast for the entrepreneur and the food connoisseur. I'll be your host for our exclusive VIP dining experience, where you'll meet top restaurateurs and other special guests. First, you'll get to know our celebrity restaurant owner, enjoy an amazing front of the house virtual culinary experience, and then wrap up by learning key action steps, insights and inspiration. For thriving in the food service industry. Now, let's get rolling. Okay, Passion Nation, welcome to episode four of Feeding Your Passion, the podcast for the entrepreneur and the food connoisseur. I'm your host, Eric Martin, and I'm excited to be here today with the amazing Josh Koppel. Okay, Josh, before I give you a full and proper introduction, say what's up to Passion Nation. What's up, Passion Nation? Really glad to be here. All right, guys. If you uh, want to gain value, knowledge, wisdom, and expertise, and also connect with the owner of Prue and Proper, you are absolutely in the right place. Josh Kopel is an entrepreneur, Michelin-rated restaurateur, and podcast host. Born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, he was bred for the hospitality industry. Throughout Copel's 20-plus year career in food and beverage, he's managed venues ranging from dive bars to Hollywood nightclubs to fine dining restaurants. Copel went independent in 2010, opening his first concept, 504, a New Orleans-inspired bar, on the Walk of Fame in the heart of Hollywood. Four years later, he opened Prue and Proper, downtown Los Angeles, California. He is also the creator of Flow Virtual Reservationist Service and the host of the Full Comp Podcast. So, uh, Passion Nation, we appreciate you joining us today. We are going to have our virtual VIP dining experience with Josh Copel, the owner of Prue and Proper. So, uh, let's jump right in. And uh, Josh... Let me ask you, what do you want our front-of-the-house VIPs to know about your restaurant and the unique experience that they may not know?
1: I would say that we're a culture-first company. I would say that, you know, for the most part, the food that you eat in any restaurant, you can make it home for much less money. Uh, What we specialize in is not only high-level cuisine, uh, but it's also a high-level experience. Uh, it's an intimate experience that is crafted for you. And so uh, what we try and do is we try and take your expectations and exceed them so that you leave happier
0: than when you arrived. Fantastic. And I've heard Josh talk a lot about hospitality and everything he does, I can tell, is is about hospitality and that experience. So uh, sounds great. Um, What's the most popular item on your menu? Describe that offering for us.
1: <laughs> there, there are so many to choose from. Uh, for me, it's the fried Mississippi catfish. We fly it in every two days fresh from sustainable farms in Mississippi. Um, and it is it is the, the best piece of fish that, that you're ever going to eat. Uh, it's served with our house rumelad and uh, fried pickles. And it is absolutely to die for
0: that is a sounds like a Southern delicacy. I have looked over your menu thoroughly, and it is downtown L.A., and I know you wanted to take a piece of the South to Los Angeles, and you have done that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Good Southern food taken to the next level, and uh, drop your restaurant in Nashville, Tennessee, where I live, and I know uh, it would be extremely <laughs> successful overnight. So, sounds
1: good, man. As soon as I get this one back open, I'll try and make it out there.
0: Yeah, sounds great. Sounds great. So what is another key item that we must try when we come visit you at your restaurant? Tell us about that item.
1: I would say uh, the key lime pie. So the key lime pie is made uh, in, in limited quantities every week. Uh, and it, it's actually it's a, it's a generational menu item. So it was created by our beverage director's mother. She grew up with it. And then she made it for us for a holiday, and we're like, oh, my God, this thing is amazing. We have to we have to put it on the menu. So Cassidy's Mama's Key Lime Pie is what it's called on the menu and is what it is, and it is to die for. The graham cracker crust alone
0: is worth making the drive from Tennessee to Louisiana. Sounds great. I know uh, my wife, when she reads the menu, she reads the dessert items first, and she makes <laughs> all her other choices based on that, so... Right on. I know she would love that. So um, let's see. So uh, share with us a key front of the house strategy, core value, or behavior geared toward maximizing each patron's experience at Pru and Proper.
1: We have one rule, and it's that everybody leaves happy. Not that everyone leaves content or everyone leaves satisfied. The rule is that everyone leaves happy no matter what happens. From the moment they walk in the door to when they leave. What does that mean? That means that that is the guiding principle that leads not only the culinary team, but also the front of house team. So the staff in and of themselves are inspired to and directed to ensure customer happiness. If you don't like a dish, they know to pull it off the menu or to pull it off the table and not charge you for it and to offer you something you might. It enables them to direct the experience without supervision from management, which really smooths the, the flow of service. Because they know if it's a birthday, they're going to drop a dessert. They don't need to ask for permission. If it's an anniversary, they're going to offer two glasses of bubbly. If someone had to wait a little bit longer, they'll get an appetizer on the house. And these aren't these aren't standardized procedures. What these are is these are these are markers. These are indicators. These are best practices, but. The staff is empowered to do whatever they need to do in that moment to make you happy. So if they feel like they've got to give you 10, 20, 30, 50, 100% off your bill to make you happy, they'll do it. Because ultimately, we are not in the food and beverage business. We are in the people business.
0: Without a doubt. And Josh, that may be the name of your first book that you write, (laughs) Everyone Leaves Happy. (laughs) but i can tell you right now i've when i heard you say that on another podcast cuz i know you're everywhere right now everyone leaves happy i've thought about that for my own business and uh that is a tremendous management philosophy that your team can rally around that gives them guidelines and direction on making decisions and and uh, i've heard you talk about going deep instead of just going wide and uh that is a principle that that uh, allows you to connect. So anybody who's in Los Angeles needs to go check out Proven Proper because without a doubt, you heard it from the owner, you're going to leave happy. You know, Eric, I'd like to touch
1: on that and just dig a little bit deeper with you. So that philosophy wasn't born out of wisdom. That philosophy was born out of trial and error. I I vividly remember this moment where a, a guest had said that they didn't like a dish which happens, you know, not everyone's going to like everything. And uh, and the manager walked up, confirmed that the dish was prepared correctly, and then began to explain the merits of that dish to the person that was sitting at the table. And I watched the guests, I watched their eyes glaze over because the guests didn't say, you know, this is a bad dish or this dish was prepared incorrectly. They were just saying they didn't think it tasted good. They didn't like it. It wasn't for them. There's a bunch of stuff out there that I don't like, that I'm not going to eat. And, and it was in that moment of being able to empathize and sit in that patron seat that I realized that it's, it's not about being right. It's, it, it, it's about serving people and meeting them where they stand and not making them feel bad about not liking something that they had never tried before. You know, when patrons go through a menu, they're guessing. They've never been there before. They don't know what the food tastes like. They don't know what your interpretation of fried catfish or steak is. And and so they're guessing and, they, and they're entrusting you with that experience. And, and so to make them feel bad about any, any feelings that they may have relative to your establishment, it breaches that trust. When the only understanding that needs to take place between operator and patron is that you can trust me. I will take care of you and you will leave
0: here happier than the moment you walked in. That is absolutely amazing. I will for that kind of service and that kind of philosophy and for the owner standing behind that brand image, I'll stand in a longer line, I'll pay more money and I'll come back more often just because of that philosophy and and to me, Josh, that's what hospitality is all about, and you do a tremendous job. I have never heard that said in that exact way, and uh, that definitely resonates with me, and I know it will with with the food connoisseurs that come into your restaurant, and with the other restaurant tours that that uh, are hearing these words right now. So, right, right fantastic! On, thank thank you for digging digging deeper on that. So. Well, fantastic. That That is going to wrap up the front of the house segment for us on Feeding Your Passion. We're going to move on to the back of the house segment uh, for the entrepreneur or restaurateur. We're going to dig a little bit deeper and have a glimpse into the back of the house uh, with Josh Copel, And uh, he has tremendous experience, as we talked about in the introduction. Uh, so, Josh, what is one thing you feel like you've done really well in the development of your restaurants?
1: I've made money in an industry where nobody makes any money. I would say that that is, uh, that, that is probably my claim to fame. And, and I, I was able to do it and achieve massive growth through running a data-driven business. Um, my passion is hospitality. My passion is people. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I needed to become a restaurateur to, to live that dream. Uh, I became a restaurateur because I wanted a stable financial career and I wanted that backing. And it was through trial and error that I realized that, that you, you can't run a restaurant on gut instinct. And, you know, the, the, the educational background that you get in the industry is handed down through generations. And that's one of the reasons you haven't seen uh, a huge evolution in the way restaurants operate in the last 2000 years. Um, restaurants operate very similarly today to the way they operated when Jesus went to restaurants. And so, you know, that lack of innovation is problematic and that, that singularity of, of focus and thought is problematic. And so when I went into it, I decided that I was going to be a business person first and a restaurateur second. And it informed
0: so many of the decisions that I made along the way. Fantastic! That that uh, makes so much sense. I mean, the, there have to be key performance indicators and and um, data that drives that, and culture that drives that. So that is great in an industry where a lot of people work hard uh, for you to be in a position where you've made great money and fought to create restaurants with those margins is is great. So, what menu item has been your highest? volume profits generator to date. Across your concepts, if you can think of one key menu item or Prue and proper, uh, tell us the story behind that item of how you developed it and how you promoted that item to success.
1: It's the burger. Um, I, and I, I think more, more interesting than, than the development was the realization that it was needed. We skew towards fine dining or whatever whatever fine dining is today. Um and and so you know we didn't have a burger on the menu when we launched, but a lot of people asked for it, and so we added a burger and fries to the menu, and we priced it at twenty six dollars, which is an insane amount of money for a burger and fries, uh, regardless of where where you're seated, whether it be California or Tennessee or Louisiana. Uh, that's just a lot of money, but we use the highest quality ingredients. Uh, they were all scratch ingredients, including the sauces. And we, you know, we tried to make it the best possible version of a burger that we could serve relative to our concept, and it was a huge hit. It was a huge hit at a great margin, and we sold more burgers, and then catfish came in a, a close second uh, than anything else on the menu, and and it just goes to show that your vision for your restaurant needs to be needs to be an ideal. Not necessarily specific menu items, because your market will tell you what they want from you, and then
0: it's your job to
1: listen. Perfect.
0: Yeah, listening and hitting that bullseye and putting that on your me- your menu, and then it ended up being your highest volume item. Um, well, of course it said. was. That's what
1: people yeah. wanted. You know, I'll give you I'll give you the other side of that coin, Eric. Uh, I wanted to increase beverage sales. We were always at 50-50 and coming out of nightlife in the bar industry. I was like, well, you know, it'll be a much better margin if we're selling 70% booze and 30% food. So I brought in a hundred bottle sustainable wine list and a sommelier on the floor every night. And you know what happened to my beverage sales? Nothing. And I'll tell you why. Because nobody had asked for a hundred bottle wine list. Nobody had asked for a sommelier on the floor. It, it's we spend so much time and so much money as restaurateurs uh, trying trying to to service the unknown needs of our patrons. When again, like once I really started listening, sales so, so skyrocketed because I just I just gave them what they wanted.
0: There's so much wisdom in that. A little bit of patience and a couple questions goes a long way, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely, that's
0: a, that's a great story. So, what is the one thing you now know that you wish you would have known when you started your food service journey? Busy isn't profitable, period.
1: That's it. Like everybody's on a quest to be busier. How do I get busier on a Monday? How do I get busier on a Tuesday? How do I increase business for brunch? Um, Instead of saying, how do I make more money out of the business that I currently have? One thing that the pandemic inspired in me is to ask better questions. Uh, like instead of asking how do I get busier on a Monday, I ask, do I need to be open on a Monday? Is that is that something that my community wants from me? Because if I have to if I put a ton of discounts out there and then pay to advertise those discounts just to drive traffic on a Monday, wouldn't it make more sense to just not be open? Yeah,
0: yeah those are those are great questions. Great questions. So... Um, Josh, take us to your worst and most challenging moment as a restaurant tour. Tell us that story and what you learned or gained through that experience.
1: I would say that that one of the most challenging was also the most triumphant. I, it was Sunday brunch and I I had a a group of four people walk in, sat at the table And the waitress uh, comes and grabs me. Uh, And not because they didn't like one of their dishes, because they didn't like any of the dishes they had ordered. And they had ordered like five to the table. So I approach the table and I say, hey, guys, how's it going? I heard you didn't really like this. I talked to them about the menu. Uh, Not to try and convince them that the food in front of them is good, but to try and figure out what they're into so I can recommend other dishes. I have the dishes that were on their table pulled. And uh, I replaced them with other dishes that I thought they would like better. Well, they didn't like those dishes either. They were trying to like it. They just didn't like the food. Our brunch offering just wasn't for them. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll set you up with some beignets on the house. You don't have to pay for anything. I'll get you guys dessert. They tried the dessert. They didn't like the dessert either. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, but, like, they were so nice, and they were so into it. And I could tell like, they desperately wanted to enjoy the food. Um, I comped their drinks. I comped all of the food that I, that I had brought out. And so they left not having paid a dime. And the woman turned to me as they were leaving, and she goes, I just want to let you know how much we appreciate your effort. Obviously, brunch is not our thing, but we will come back and try your dinner menu, and hopefully we'll have more luck. And those four women became regulars of our dinner service every other week for years.
0: Absolutely. I would go back in a heartbeat, and I think that tells a great story. That one challenging time turned into deep uh, relationships with uh, long-term customers. That is great.
1: Danny Meyer says it all the time, man. Like every mistake that you make, every misstep in service is an opportunity to really show people you care.
0: Right. Well said. Very well said. So what is your favorite cooking technique or preparation method for serving a solid menu item and why?
1: I am not a chef. I'm a front of house guy. So I haven't, I haven't boiled an egg in that kitchen. Um, So that is, that is probably not my area of expertise. I do make a mean peanut butter and jelly sandwich though.
0: (laughs) And you do, uh, yeah, you, you, you provide the hospitality and your chef, Sammy, your chef and partner, right? Uh, worries about the preparation. Yes, sir. So, um, what, what platform or medium do you feel is the best investment of your marketing dollars and why? That's a
1: great question. Uh, I think social media, I, I think using your own channels through Instagram and Facebook, I, I think providing content that people find value in, uh, as an example, Pro and Proper is currently closed due to the pandemic, but we started offering cooking classes for free through our Instagram. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's about meeting people where they are. I know I keep saying it, but it's because I keep meaning it. Um, and people are on Instagram and people are on Facebook. And then if you want to advertise, not only can you advertise directly to the people that are already interested in you, but you can also target people like them, uh, and advertise to them.
0: We're using the same materials. Sounds great. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff, uh, on social media and, uh, everybody has a smartphone in their hand, So it's a great way to build that tribe a little bit deeper. So, well, fantastic. We appreciate all those value bombs and morsels and nuggets that have been dropped uh, in the back of the house episode. We're going to, we're going to move on to the final crumbs. This is a lightning round. One of my favorite quotes is I'd rather eat a crumb from the table of a winner than a full meal from the table of a loser. (laughs) Josh, Josh is in the arena with the smoke of battle coming off of him. So he's got all kinds of wisdom for us. So. Uh, here we go with the final crumbs. So, Josh, what is one thing you're the most passionate about today? People.
1: Always people. I used to serve my community, and during this pandemic, I'm doing my best to serve my industry. Great. What is the best advice you've ever received? That success is not a feeling. Success
0: is a mindset. All right. What book would you recommend to Passion Nation and why? Good to Great.
1: Um, It's by Jim Collins, and, and the book clearly illustrates through data what it takes to turn a good company into a great company, as defined as being more successful than the market for decades.
0: Great. Share a culinary or technology resource, and this is a softball, okay? (laughs) culinary or technology resource with our back of the house VIPs that you like and you feel they can benefit from? I know this is a lightning round, but let's take a little more time on this question.
1: You got it, man. Uh, I built one. It's called Flow Virtual Reservationist. You can check us out at justcallflow.com. Proven Barber opens at 5 p.m. daily. And so when it came to the phones from 9 to 5, uh, we had three options. Either I was going to answer the phones, I was going to pay someone to answer the phones, or no one was going to answer the phones. And I didn't really like any one of those because even in paying someone to answer the phones, it's like two hours worth of work. It was just spread out across eight hours. So I built out a platform whereby one reservationist can invisibly answer the phones from multiple restaurants without the guests knowing that they're talking to uh, a third-party person on the line. Uh, that tech I built for myself and I roped other restaurateurs that I knew into. And now it's become a, an institution on the West Coast and we're growing nationally.
0: Fantastic. Sounds like a cool technology. And I think any technology and resources that drive value to our industry that can reduce cost, increase service is so needed. So everybody go to justcallflow.com and uh, Check it out. And uh, they can also find it at joshcopel.com as well. Is that correct?
1: Yes, sir. That's correct. That is the one-stop shop for all of my
0: things. Sounds good. Um, so share one piece of advice for the food service sales professionals to help them earn trusted advisor status with you or any restaurateur. You. One thing that I talk about with frequency now
1: is engaging your team. And so as a restaurateur, you've got to begin to see your landlord as a member of your team and see that as a strategic partnership. And the same is true with vendors. I, I, I don't think there's such a thing as too much communication in light of a global pandemic. So as a vendor, I would one, I would work really hard for my restaurant partners And two, I would let them know on a daily or weekly basis what I'm doing to work for them. They need better pricing. They need more generous terms. They need to know that you're looking at their product mix and doing your best to improve it, to get them better quality products at lower pricing with better payment terms. It is the only way we're going to get through this is to get through it together. So, Know that, that as restaurateurs, we're advocating for the communities we serve. And as a vendor of a restaurant,
0: you need to advocate for the tour Absolutely. And it is definitely, truly a partnership. And I do think during challenging times, more communication is, is vital, uh, not less, without a mm-hmm. doubt. So that brings us to the end of the final crumbs. And uh, we're going we're gonna to move on to the sweet course. So let's end this amazing VIP dining experience, Josh, with you sharing one final piece of sweet advice to all of our listeners.
1: Fear is a killer. I spend most of my life afraid. I spend most of my professional life afraid, afraid of disappointing people, afraid of closing any one of the, the restaurants and bars that we own. And and it led me time and time again to making poor decisions. Um, You know, the the pandemic has done a lot of bad, but it's also done a lot of good, at least for me personally, in the way that, you know, I don't know if my restaurants will reopen or what they'll look like when they do. But one thing that has, has been realigned is my lack of fear and my overall understanding of my place in this world. And I am here to serve people, and I don't need a restaurant to do that. I don't need a bar to do that. Um, I can do that every day, and so that is a that is what I'm trying to do. So I've shed the fear, and it's, it's led to freedom.
0: Fantastic! That is great advice. I think it's the love that shines the light that removes fear. And uh, very well said. Uh, very very well said. Uh, that's something great for all of us to hear today. So. Um, as the owner of Prove and Proper, and I know we don't know what the future is or what it'll look like, but why don't you give an owner's invitation as you guys do reopen and, and regardless of what that's going to look like, give an owner's invitation to everybody, invite them to come see Josh Copel and engage Josh Copel, engage and engage Prune Proper before we wrap up.
1: That'd be great. Guys, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, True and Proper is located in downtown L.A. You can check out our website if you want to see what we're working on. I'd love for you to come down. If you can't come down, you can listen to me on the full comp podcast. We talk every Tuesday and Friday. And if you do have a restaurant and you do need help, uh, I'm happy to help you and it won't cost you a penny. You can check me out on joshcoble.com.
0: Great. Thank you everybody for joining us today. I also want to thank uh, Josh for serving the industry today and spending some time with us. So many nuggets and morsels of wisdom. Uh, Please go visit Josh Copel at Prue and Proper in Los Angeles. Check him out on Full Comp Podcast. Check it, check out um, uh, justcallflow.com and uh, he has a lot of great things to offer. And remember that you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with and you've been hanging out with Eric and Josh today. So with that, we'll catch you on the next episode of feeding your passion until then go be great. As always, thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe. Also, please visit our website, feedingyourpassion.com, to sign up for our email list so that we can deliver each episode right to your inbox and so that you can give us feedback on our content because we want to be dialed in to what you're passionate about. Until next time, go be great, Passion Nation.